0: You're listening to the St John's Diamond Creek Podcast. This episode presented by Senior Minister Tim Johnson.
1: The reading today is taken from Jeremiah 31, verses 27 to 34. The days are coming, declares the Lord, when I will plant the kingdoms of Israel and Judah with the offspring of people and of animals, just as I watched over them to uproot and tear down and to overthrow, destroy and bring disaster. So I will watch over them to build and to plant, declares the Lord. In those days, people will no longer say, the parents have eaten sour grapes and the children's teeth are set on edge. Instead, everyone will die for their own sin. Whoever eats sour grapes, their own teeth will be set on edge. The days are coming, declares the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the people of Israel and with the people of Judah. It will not be like the covenant I made with their ancestors when I took them by the hand to lead them out of Egypt because they broke my covenant though I was a husband to them, declares the Lord. This is the covenant I will make with the people of Israel after that time, declares the Lord. I will put my law in their minds and write it on their hearts. I will be their God and they will be my people. No longer will they teach their neighbour or say to one another, know the Lord, because they will all know me, from the least of them, To the greatest, declares the Lord, for I will forgive their wickedness and I will remember their sins no more.
0: So how are you going with your New Year's resolutions? I figure we're about three months into the year, which is just about long enough for all of us to have failed in our New Year's resolutions. Uh, Maybe that's too pessimistic. You might be one of these people who is very focused when you set yourself to do something, you do it, and you're gunning along with yours. And at least in 2021. They haven't all been completely wiped out by the circumstances like they were in 2020. But it's a challenge, isn't it, to do the things that we intend to do. Sometimes it's the external circumstance which impact us, but more often than not, it's our own willpower or our enthusiasm that fails to achieve the things that we want to do. It's even more challenging when we seek to live for God and to do the things that we intend to do in service of God, because living for God is a 24 hour a day, seven day a week thing. And we wanna live consistently for God in all areas of our lives. Uh, As we go to school, as we go to work, uh, when we're at home with our families, often when our guard's down, when we're on the sports field, or when we're in the car where emotions can uh, come to the surface in key moments. It's a challenge to live for God, and what's more, it encompasses every part of our person. So it encompasses our actions, our words, and even our thoughts. So it's a challenge to live consistently for God and do the things that we intend to do. Well, today we come to the last talk in our series from Jeremiah. Uh, This has been a book which has been quite challenging in terms of jeremiah speaking to the people of judah his own nation and challenging them about the way that they've been living challenging their inconsistency challenging whether they have actually been putting god first and treating each other well challenging them about whether their religion has been about just doing religious acts without actually putting into practice the things that god wanted them to do and he's been quite challenging with them in the message that he's brought and he's told them that God is actually going to judge their inconsistent behaviour. And so there's been a bit of a negative message in the book of Jeremiah. And we might ask the question, well, is there any hope in all of this? Is there any hope for Judah in their failure to live for God? Uh, And what about for us when we struggle and fail to live for God? Well. Chapters 30 to 33 in the book of Jeremiah are often called the book of consolation because they contain the the hope or the key messages of hope in the book. And in this passage today, we see that amidst all of the challenge and the gloom, there is a strong light of hope that shines through where God promises a future where he's going to do something amazing to restore his people. So I'd love you to pull out your phone or uh, grab your Bible as we have a look at this passage from Jeremiah 31, starting at verse 27 together. Verse 27 starts with these words. The days are coming. Uh, and we, re- we see that phrase repeated in verse 31 as well. Uh, they're words which point to a future where God says, something is coming over the horizon. Days are coming where I'm going to do something new and wonderful. What's he going to do? Verses 27 to 30. The days are coming, declares the Lord, when I will plant the kingdoms of Israel and Judah with the offspring of animals and people and animals. So God's people at the time had been divided by civil war. Uh, They'd been destroyed by foreign nations and carried off uh, to foreign countries in exile. But God says, amidst all of this destruction, I'm going to plant again. Now that word plant should ring some bells for you because way back at the start of our series, talk one, Jeremiah 1.10, we read these words. God had said to Jeremiah that his message would be uproot and tear down, destroy and overthrow, plant and build. Uh, and these six words, verbs, uh, appear here in verse 28. God says, just as I watched over them to uproot and tear down, to overthrow, destroy, and bring disaster, so I will watch over them to build and to plant, declares the Lord. Uh, God has brought a message of judgment. His word has been true that there were consequences for the bad actions of his people. But now he says, I promise I will watch over my word and I will plant, I will build, I will restore things again. And true to God's promise, that does happen in some measure for the people of Judah. Seventy years after they're carried off into the nation of, of Babylon, they're returned to their country. They're able to rebuild the temple. They're able to rebuild the walls of their city, Jerusalem. And there is some measure of peace. And of course, the people are determined to live for God again. They knew they'd stuffed up last time, they'd borne the consequences of that, so they were focused on wanting to love and serve God again. And it was pretty good for a while. But things never quite got back to what they were. And there was still the ongoing challenge of how do you remain faithful to god's promises how do you do the things that god calls you to do even if you really want to how do you deal with failure to live consistently it raises the question god isn't there something more than this if you're going to restore if you're going to plant if you're going to build is there something more than just this and the answer god says is yes there is something much bigger and much better coming. I'm going to do something new and amazing. Verse 31. The days are coming, declares the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the people of Israel and with the people of Judah. Now, covenant's a bit of a strange word, but a covenant is really an agreement between two parties. So God had made a covenant with the nation of Israel. When he brought them from being slaves in Egypt, he brought them to Mount Sinai, a mountain in the desert, and he made an agreement with them. He gave them his Ten Commandments, which were written on two stone tablets, which showed the way that he wanted them to live. He gave them a bunch of other laws as well. But the problem, as we've seen throughout the book of Jeremiah, is that the people just couldn't keep up their end of the bargain, their end of the agreement, their part of the covenant. They, they failed to live the way that God had told them to live. They'd broken the laws that he'd given them and they'd not done the good things that he really wanted them to do as his people. And despite the constant warnings of prophets like Jeremiah, they, they persisted in this wrongdoing. So the problem was that the old agreement, the old covenant, wasn't working. Something new was needed. And that's exactly what God promises here. He says, I'm gonna bring a new covenant, a new agreement. And in verses 33 and 34 of our passage, he outlines four incredible characteristics of what this agreement between the people and God will look like. Here's what he says first, verse 33. I will put my law in their hearts. Sorry, my law in their minds and I'll write it on their hearts. The old covenant had the Ten Commandments written on stone tablets. God says, no, what's needed here is something more internal, more personal. I'm going to write these laws now on people's minds and hearts so that they'll own it personally, so they'll desire to do it in practice. Now in our household, each of our kids have a daily job that they're responsible for. Uh, One of our kids, I won't name whose job it's whose, but one of our kids has to empty the dishwasher each day. And getting it to happen is an absolute pain in the neck. You ask, and then you ask again, and then you wait, and you ask, and you hassle them, and it's like you're the worst ever for reminding them that they've got this job to do, right? It's a law written in stone that they just don't wanna keep. One of our other kids, their job is to feed the dog twice a day. And it happens that because she loves the dog, she loves doing that job. Uh, It's written in her heart, if you like, and it's internally motivated. It's probably helped by the fact that the dog sits there with those puppy dog eyes looking at her, feed me, feed me. So if only we could design a dishwasher which kind of did a similar sort of thing, I reckon we'd be millionaires. But it's motivated by love, it's driven internally, and so she does it because she loves to do that job. Uh, Secondly, and again in verse 33, God says, I will be their God and they will be my people. Now actually that's not new, he says exactly the same thing in the old covenant as well. But it highlights that this arrangement with God is all about relationship. God says, you will belong to me and I will belong to you. I will be your God. Now, that's a stunning promise. This is the creator God we're talking about, the God who made the entire universe, everything uh, that exists in the universe that science is still trying to get its head around and newly discovering all the time. The all-powerful God who's beyond human comprehension and he says, I want a relationship with you. I want to know you and be friends with you. Which brings us to verse 34. No longer will they teach their neighbor or say to one another, "Know the Lord," because they'll all know me, from the least to the greatest. Now, I could write a book about my wife Anna. I could do different chapters on different aspects of her personality, that she's wise, that she's insightful, that she's fiercely honest, Uh, I could write um, chapters on the different things that she likes to do, like her love for food, the fact that she has, like, literally has a photographic memory for meals that she's eaten at various times in her life, uh, and her brilliant culinary abilities and so on. And, And you could read that book and you would know things about Anna. But that's not the same as the way that I know her, having been married to her for 23 years. And when God speaks here in the Bible about people knowing him, he's talking about the second type of knowledge, that relational knowledge. Uh, it's more than just facts, but it's about knowing God's will in our lives, going, knowing what God wants for us and being in that intimate personal relationship that we've been speaking about. And it's available for everyone, he says, Uh, from the least to the greatest. So from the youngest child uh, to the oldest adult, from uh, the poorest person in the world to the richest person, from a person who has an intellectual disability to a university professor, everyone can have this sort of relationship, this personal relationship and knowledge of God. There's no limits. They will all know me, God says, from the least to the greatest. And lastly, in verse 34, he says, I will forgive their wickedness. I will remember their sins no more. So this new covenant is characterized by forgiveness. All of the sins, all of the failings that Jeremiah has challenged the people about, all of the problems that have plagued God's people for centuries, all of the things that in our own lives we know bring us shame and guilt and regret, God says... I'm going to forgive them, and more than just forgive them, I'm going to so wipe them out that I don't even remember them. That's how far gone they will be. Now, I can only imagine what it would have been like to sit there and listen to Jeremiah promise these things coming over the horizon. Wow, can you imagine that? A new covenant, something that's going to transform my heart and my mind that I'll be motivated to live for God. Uh, a, a relationship with God, a personal relationship where I, I can know him, uh, being offered complete and utter transformative forgiveness. Now, I want that now. Jeremiah, when are these days coming? Like you have said, the days are coming, but can it be soon? Can it be now? When can it be? And here's the good news for us here today. The days have come. These things that Jeremiah promised are a reality and available to us now, that God has brought this new agreement, this new covenant to being, and he's done it through his son, Jesus Christ. So this coming Thursday uh, is called Maundy Thursday. It was the night when Jesus gathered with his friends the night before he would die on the cross, and he had a meal with them. He celebrated the Jewish Passover meal, as uh, a number of us are going to do in homes together. And in Luke 22, verse 20, we read these words of what happened that night. After supper, Jesus took the cup, saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood, which is poured out for you. The new covenant comes into being through the death of Jesus, through Jesus' blood being poured out on the cross. And it's available not just to people from Israel, but to people from all nations around the world, from all of us, for all of us, from the least to the greatest. In Hebrews uh, chapters 8 to 10, a book uh, later on in the New Testament, the second part of the Bible, the passage that we've read today from Jeremiah 31 is quoted in its entirety there. And the writer's point in, in quoting it and kind of doing a bit of a sermon on it is to point out that. It is Jesus who brings this new covenant into reality. He is the one who brings the covenant, the agreement between God and people into reality. And he does it through his death. It's on the cross that Jesus deals with our wrongdoing and sin. It is there that forgiveness, complete forgiveness is offered to us. That's where the shame and the guilt and the regret is done away with because Jesus takes it on himself so that we don't have to. And in doing that, he opens up the reality of a relationship with God, that we can enter into a personal, loving, knowing relationship with God through Jesus, who makes that available to us. And more than that, Jesus gives to those who come to him the Holy Spirit to live within us, the very presence of God to transform us from the inside out, to transform our hearts, to transform our minds. So the things that Jeremiah foretold, which the people listening to him long to experience, are here, they're available right now for you and for me to take hold of. This new covenant is offered to you. It can be written on your heart and in your mind. It can bring you into a personal relationship with the very God who made you, that you can know him intimately and personally. And it's characterised by complete forgiveness. Every single thing that we have done wrong dealt with by Jesus on the cross. Now, maybe uh, you are not yet a follower of Jesus. And I want to say to you that this is available to you. This new covenant is available to you today, right here and right now. That God wants a relationship with you. God wants to know you and to be your God. God wants to offer forgiveness for you, whatever you've done, things that you might be ashamed even to think about or to mention to anyone else. God says, I forgive those things through what Jesus has done on the cross. This sort of arrangement is not something where you have to do all this work to sort things out so that God will accept you. The nature of this new agreement is that Jesus has done all of the legwork for you. He's lived the perfect life. He has died the death which deals with our wrongdoing. And he's risen from the dead, dealing with sin and even dealing with death to offer us life that goes on forever with God. The only thing really left for us to do is to kind of sign on the dotted line and to say, yes, please, I want this agreement with you, God, through Jesus Christ. And the way that we often talk about you know, signing, there's no contract for you to sign. It's about talking to God and accepting it. The way we talk about that here at St. John's is often to say, uh, thank you, sorry, please. Thank you, God, that you reach out to me and that you offer me this relationship with you. I'm sorry that I have lived my own way and not put you first. I've failed to live the way that you want me to. So please forgive me, please bring me into that relationship with you through Jesus and please give me your Holy Spirit to live within me and to transform me. It's really about praying a prayer which captures those sentiments to tell God that this is what you want and to accept Jesus into your life as the boss of your life and to follow his way rather than your own way from here on in. That's a prayer. Uh, that you have prayed or you want to pray, we would love to help you. We'd love you to connect with us, jump on our website, click the connect button and say, I prayed that prayer today and I'd love someone to help me on this new journey that I'm taking with God. We would love to help you. It'd be a wonderful thing for us to do. We'd love to do it. Maybe you're someone who is already a follower of Jesus and things are going pretty well with him. I think the encouragement for you today is not to take for granted the things that we read about here. When we go back to Jeremiah and we, real, we realize that this new covenant that was offered wasn't a reality at one point in time, and yet it is a reality for us. To not to take for granted the fact that complete forgiveness is offered to us in Jesus. Personal relationship and knowledge of God is available. And the transforming power of the Holy Spirit to change our hearts and minds is open to us. So my challenge to you would be to renew your thankful commitment to God today. To rejoice in the fact that you're a part of this new covenant through what Jesus has done. And to free yourself to just praise and and worship God in the reality of this new covenant. Through the rest of our service today, enter into this joyful acceptance of God and celebration of all that he's done through this new covenant that he offers Uh, and recommit yourself to loving and serving God and to being transformed by his spirit in your life. But maybe you're a, a third category. Maybe you're someone who's a follower of Jesus and it's a real struggle for you at the moment. And as I've been describing the wonderful nature of the new covenant uh, forgiveness that's offered, personal relationship with God, you know, this, this law written in your heart and mind so that you desire to live God's way, it's not ringing that true for you at the moment because you're struggling and, and you're aware actually how much you continue to fail. It feels for you more like what Judah was doing, failing to live for God, and, and you're just very aware that you haven't got things lined up as well as you might in your life. And that's worrying you. Is this new covenant broken? Like, is it all that it could be? Is something wrong with me that I'm not living? Like, what's, what's the problem here? Well, my challenge for you is not to back away from God because you're feeling your failure, but to lean into God. What, what you need is more of God, not less of God. There's nothing wrong with this new covenant because it's all been done by Jesus. And there's nothing wrong with you either. Uh, What you need actually is to reach out to God and say, God, please help me. Um, I know that you offer me this forgiveness, but I, I need that because I keep falling and failing to do the things that you want me to do. Or I'm not feeling that personal relationship that comes from you. Reach out and seek God, grab hold of him and ask him to give his Holy Spirit to you, to transform you and to change the way that you are thinking and feeling about it. Now, like any relationship that requires a bit of time, you can't just sort of ignore God and not give him the time in order to build that sort of relationship that we need to have. It's like any relationship with one of your kids or one of your friends or a partner. You actually have to commit to giving it the time. So maybe this week, set aside some time just to be with God, to hear from God, from his word, to just speak with God about how you're feeling and, and, and the fact that you're, you're not feeling it in the powerful way that you feel like you should be. Seek God in it. Uh, ask him to, to bless you with the things here spoken about in the new covenant, to give you a deeper relationship, to strengthen your knowledge and understanding of him, uh, to get to work, to work in your heart and in your mind. If there's an area that you're very conscious that you're being tripped up about, um, maybe speak to someone, someone you trust, someone in 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 your life group or a trusted friend, that you can say, there's this area where I keep stuffing up and failing. Uh, God forgives that through Jesus, but he also does want to transform your thinking and your living To get it right so maybe reach out for help and again if you want to get in touch with us for help we would love to do that to help you live fully and completely for god whatever the circumstances today each one of us can take hold of this fact that god in jesus christ offers us a new way of relating to him a new agreement a new covenant that has come into being these days that jeremiah and the people back then longed for, are here. They are a reality. Uh, And they will go on from now into all eternity. They will never end. So wherever you're at today, don't go away unchanged and unaffected. God has reached out to us. So let's reach back to God and say yes to him. Yes to the new covenant. Yes to the new agreement. Yes to the transformative power of the Holy Spirit. Yes to the work of Jesus, bringing us forgiveness and relationship with God. Let's enter into this fullness of life, this new covenant that he offers to each one of us. Thanks for joining us. If you'd like to subscribe to this podcast, you can do so in Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts from. Just search for St. John's Diamond Creek.